Welcome to episode two of the Renew Church Leaders Podcast. I'm Jason. What's up, guys? This is Dave. And this podcast is not about us. This podcast is going to feature some of the greatest hits of Renew. For more about us, you can go to renew.org or listen to the first episode of this season. Um, But we are rehashing some of the really great talks that we had at the Renew Gathering 2018. Dave, you were there. I was there. I was leading worship with Christian Ray. That's right. But I'm, I, unfortunately, I missed Shadanke's whole talk, man. I, I missed it there, and then he spoke at our church, and I was out of town. So, I mean, just now was the first time I got to really listen through, and man, it's I really missed out. It was very powerful. Yeah, Shadanke really brought it. He was encouraging and convicting. So what we're talking about is today's episode, we are bringing you Shadanke Johnson. He spoke to us on prayer and fasting. This is a man of God that is very well practiced at prayer and fasting and uh, came, spoke to us at our 2018 gathering. By the way, we have another gathering in November. It's November 6th in the greater Nashville area. Um, So if you're able in 2019 to join us, you won't miss these great speakers. Um, That's November 6th, 2019. You can go to renew.org for more details on that. But back to Shadonke, man. I was just, I was convicted right up front. I mean, the these talks uh, by design were not very long, and so he cut to the quick really fast. Mm-hmm. One of the first things, Dave, that I noticed um, was he talked about, and especially for somebody who makes plans for a ministry, and like I know you're, you're leading worship most Sundays, you know, he talked about um, so many times we make our plans, and then we ask God to join us in our plans. Seriously, like every Sunday. Right? I mean, there's a whole website designed for that, Planning Center. (laughs) That's right. It's called Worship Planning Center. That's right. And so, yeah, his point was, hey, so, so many times we're making our plans. We're like, God, help us execute these plans. God, bless our plans. God, will you, will you join us in our plans? In our and, mission. That's right. <laughs> and and Shadanke just suggests to us, well, why don't you sit back and see what God's doing in the world? And then you go join him. And what God's doing. And I mean, wow. And then one of the second things, again, he kind of, he hits this nail on the head right up front. At Renew, we're always talking about good biblical theology. We believe that if you have a good biblical theology, that will motivate, that will promote and fuel disciple making. And so we believe in that. And Shadonke says it very, uh, very straightforward. He says, if you are not reproducing, you have a spiritual deficiency. Wow. So uh, there is a lot of encouragement ahead and a lot of conviction. So buckle up and get ready to hear Shadonke Johnson from the Renew Gathering 2018 on prayer and fasting. One of the things that I've come to realize is that many of us are trying, we're inviting Jesus. We invite God, come and join me in what I'm doing. But the mistake we do is that we have not tried to discover what God is doing around the world so that we will go and join God. The challenge is that your church, your denomination is too small to contain God. When you imagine the creator of the whole universe, you can't keep in your small church. You can't keep in your small denomination. You need to find out what God is doing around the world and go and join God in what God is doing. And today, as I share with you, what God is doing around the world, using fasting and prayer, which is a powerful tool 
in creating a lot of compounding effects. I just want you to know that it is God's story. It is not my story. It is God's story. You know, many people have heard about prayer and fasting. A lot of people talk about it. A lot of people will say, I'm fasting. I'm even fasting my coffee. You know, we talk about prayer, but I want you to know that most of us really do not understand. We know about prayer and fasting. Maybe you have spoken about it, but most of us don't know what a movement will look like. And I want you to know that when we speak about prayer and fasting and movement, we are talking about movement. It's talking about the chain reaction of disciples. Disciples making disciples that will lead to obeying disciples that also continue to plant churches wherever they are. The command of Jesus was that we, we obey everything that he has told us. Everything. And obeying everything means that we obey and we reproduce. You know, if you are not obeying, then you are taking a walk. If you are not reproducing, then you have a spiritual deficiency. And you need to obey. You know, many times when we talk about fasting and prayer, what water is to the fish and oxygen to the body Prayer and fasting is to the soul. Prayer fasting is so important. It is an ingredient that is so important. If we are going to make disciples that make disciples that obey and replicate and lead into churches, then we have to. We have to without negotiation. We have to be involved in the principle of prayer and fasting. You know, we understand fasting to be abstaining from solid food for spiritual purposes. That means you're abstaining from solid food for spiritual purposes. Where water is included or any fluid is included, the context will tell you. And I want to bring to your notice that prayer is something that anybody can do. Even an infant can do it. In my context, I've come to realize that prayer and fasting has so much power and so much effect. It has a cascading effect wherever you go. And I want to outline some of the things that we have realized in the context that we walk, in the movement that we walk, how prayer and fasting had become part and parcel of our life. One of the first things I want you to know is that prayer and fasting unleash movement. Prayer and fasting unleash the power of the kingdom. You know, when Jesus came in, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to verse 3, and also Luke chapter 4, verse 1 to verse 3, you realize that Jesus did not even start his ministry. He did not start his ministry until he has been led into the wilderness where he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And remember, Jesus was the word. In John chapter 1, the Bible says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. If the word was God, and then the word became flesh, and then the word had to go to fast 40 days and 40 nights before starting his ministry, then that needs to get our attention. You know, Jesus fasted, and the Bible says when he has fasted in John chapter, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, that the Bible says he came down with a power and he said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. 
When John the Baptist came, the Bible says he was in the wilderness and his food was locust and white honey. In other words, John the Baptist himself was fasting. And then he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus lived a life of prayer. When you read this, the Gospels, you find out that you can literally count how many times Jesus went out to pray. The Bible says, and he went out to pray. And he went out to pray as it was his daily habit. He went out to pray. The man prayed so much that his disciples did not ask him, Master, teach us how to be successful. They did not teach, ask him, Master, teach us how to prosper. They never asked him, show us the 21 principles of success. Give us the seven leadership principles. They looked at their master and they said, Master, teach us how to pray. Because they realized that the, the embodiment of the ministry of Jesus was underlined with prayer and fasting. And Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And Jesus, we also realize that even when Jesus, when the time of his ministry in John chapter 17 was coming to an end, he did not give his disciples candy. He did not call them and say, here's a cup of tea, or this is a gift I have for you. But he prayed for them in John chapter 17. He prayed to the Father, Father, that this will be one as we are one. He prayed for them. And what is so interesting that in the time of crisis, when Jesus knew his ministry was coming to an end, he took his disciples, some of his disciples, and they went out and they started praying. He told them, you watch with me as I go yonder to pray. He prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. He prayed in such a way that the Bible says his sweat was turned into blood. His disciples could not watch and pray with him. He said, can't you watch with me for one hour? They were sleeping soundly. Jesus prayed in such a way that the first word of Jesus on the cross was prayer. Father, forgive them because they do not know what they are doing. His last word on the cross was prayer. Into your hands I commit my spirit. If Jesus could pray the way he prayed. And if we say we are obedient best disciples. Disciples that are following Jesus. And then we are looking at everything in the Bible, but yet we forget about fasting and prayer, then something is wrong with us. I want you to know that, you know, in the movement God has given us, we take fasting and prayer so serious that we are fasting literally every week we fast once a week. Every month, at the beginning of every month, we fast three days beginning every month. We commit that month to God. The last day in the month, we spend from 11 to 12 midnight. We are praying to God, thanking him for that month and thanking him for the month that we are going to face. That we know by his power, great things are going to happen. We spend every month, we have four hours of what we call a half night prayer from 8 to 12. Thousands of people meet all over in different places all throughout the movement, praying and asking God that God go ahead of us, open doors for us, bind the strong man in these villages and towns and cities. God take total control of everything we do. We have no strength of our own. We are going in your strength. Go ahead of us. Protect us from the scheme of the enemy. Every month, apart from the half-night prayer, we have a whole night prayer from 10 to 6 in the morning. Every month, once in every month, people are praying and fasting. 
As I speak to you right now, there are people praying and fasting and they will not stop praying and fasting until they see me back. At the beginning of every year, the first three days of every year, before the beginning of the year, we spend three days all throughout the movement fasting without food and water. First three days before we end the year. And 21 days in the new year, we fast and pray for 21 days, asking God, God, this is your work until you bless it. It's not going to be blessed. Until you bring people to yourself, we can't bring them. Go ahead of us. Open doors for us. Father, bind the strong man. Jesus himself said, you cannot enter into the house of a strong man until you have bound the strong man first. Well, theologians have that different interpretation, but this is my own literal interpretation. The strong man is the enemy. Because he said in that context, you can't enter into the strong man's house until you bind him first, and then you can enter and you can plunder the strong man. In every culture, every place, even in America, we have strong man. In every culture, and that strong man becomes a hindrance. It blinds the eyes of men so that sin they don't see. They have ears, yet they don't hear. They have hearts, but yet they don't perceive. So that strong man needs to be bound first. And the way to bind the strong man so that the kingdom will be unleashed is through prayer and fasting. It's through prayer and fasting. The other thing that prayer and fasting do, it don't only unleash the kingdom, but prayer and fasting ignites the powerful movement. It ignites the powerful movement. In John chapter 15, you know, Jesus told his disciples that he's a true vine. And his father is a vine dresser or the gardener. In that chapter, you see that Jesus told his disciples that abide in me, remain in me. If you are going to bear any fruit, you have to abide in me, remain in me. Because without me, you can bear no fruit. And Jesus said, if you abide in me and remain in me, he gave four categories of what will happen to them. He said, one, you will bear first fruit. And then after that, you will bear more fruit. Then after that, you will bear much fruit. Then after that, you will bear everlasting fruit for generations. But the key word is abide in me. Don't depend on your theology. Don't depend on your knowledge. Don't depend on your connectocracy. Don't depend on your strength. Abide in me. The DNA of the movement is that we abide in the Lord. We stay connected to him in prayer and fasting, in spending time together, in seeking the face of God together. We stay connected. I remember in the war we had a notorious, notorious commander. This man was a notorious killer. He was trigger freak, killing people in the name of Allah, burning down houses. And so in my spirit, after praying and fasting, I said, somebody needs to tell this man that the God we know is a loving God. And so what did I do? I started telling the man that, you know, the God we know is a loving God. He's a kind God. You can't be doing the things you are doing. It's not right. So one day, I was arrested. They tied my hands in such a way that my fingers could touch the back of my neck. This man had a pistol and his men had AK-47. The Russian made guns in their hands. And the man was so furious with me saying, I'm going to kill you. Go and tell your God that I killed you. 
While this man was talking, I bowed on my head. I said, God, if this is my time to die, I'm ready to come. But please let me die with one more person for you. And let it be this commander. I lifted my head and I said, commander, please, before you shoot me, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. I said, because commander, if you shoot me right now, I'm going, to, I'm going to make it to heaven. But if you die, you will not make it to heaven. But if you do me this favor, if you accept Jesus right now as your Lord and personal Savior, and then you turn around and shoot me, Jesus will forgive you. And both of us, when we die, will be in heaven. I said, commander, Jesus loves you. He died for you. His hands are widely open, waiting to receive you. The commander looked at me. He looked at me. He was lost for words. He said, untie this man. Let him go. Something is wrong with his head. <laughs> and so they untied me and let me go. A few weeks down the road, the commander came looking for me. Later on, the summary is that we became friends. And through that, I baptized this commander. He became a follower of Jesus. And some of his boys carrying the AK-47 also are followers. Today, they are part of the movement. I want you to know that through prayer and fasting, we can ignite the power of movement. The most unlikely people will come to know who Jesus is. The dimension of life is wide, deep, and long. Wide talks about growth. Deep talks about maturity. And long talks about sustainability. That is the dimension. The next thing that prayer and fast is unshackle the bands of wickedness. You know, I want you to know that Jesus came across so much things, evil, wickedness. And that's why when Paul is writing Ephesians chapter 6, you know, when you read from verse 10, Paul said, finally put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the will, the tricks of the enemy. And having done all to stand. And then he outlined what that armor looks like. You think Paul was joking? No. Paul knew, he said, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, spiritual hosts of wickedness in higher places. Let me tell you, whether you believe it or not, they exist. And they are rare. Jesus encountered them in his own time. The early church encountered them. And we are encountering, the only thing is that, you know, our minds are so philosophical. You know that we think they don't exist, but we have seen them. We have had encounters with witch doctors. We have a society back home they call the Sokobana. That means a big devil. These people can mutilate themselves, cut their flesh, and blood is oozing out. They are alive. They will cut their ears. Blood is oozing out. But through this, we are able, through fasting and prayer, to tell them that there is a power above them, a greater power, and that power is Jesus. Today we have people from that background who are followers of Jesus. Because through prayer and fasting, God was able to break the band. Prayer and fasting has a transforming power. Prayer and fasting is a game changer. In Acts chapter 16, when Paul and Silas were in prison at midnight, having prayed, they started praying, and there was a mighty earthquake. And all of a sudden, these men who were prisoners became the man, the very man that put them in prison, the prison, prison officer became a follower of Jesus. It's a game changer. It brings transformation. We have seen villages and towns today who said, we will never have any Christian witness here. But I want you to know, today there have been transformation in those towns and villages. And because of that, all throughout the sub-region, we are seeing transformational lives. Thieves, robbers, uh, witch doctors, all of them, Muslims, being saved, imams and sheikhs bowing down to Jesus. The only person that can do that 
It's not our knowledge. It's not our theology. It's not what we know. It's the power of Jesus through the power of praying and fasting. And I challenge you and encourage you. Begin it now. And your life will never be the same. Thank you. Man, that was awesome. Yeah. Dude, Shadanke. I love that so guy. Good. So one of the things that I wanted to wanted to bring up was, you know, he says, find what God is already doing and then join up with him. How do you do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like no, that's I'm a good not question. gonna travel the world and to go see where God's moving. Yeah, that's a good you know, question. You know, we we did have a friend that did that actually traveled to where Shadanke is. That was really that's encouraging right. to hear. Yeah. He's well, like, what what he's talking about is actually happening it's like the the church in acts you know that's right that's amazing yeah no that's a good question dave we we have partners at renew that have a really good vantage point of what god's doing around the world but let's say there's a church leader listening to this and they don't they don't know anybody right now that's moving and shaking and going with the shadonkeys of the world you know i'm just learning right along with everybody else in this journey but one of the things that comes to mind is acts 1:8 in acts 1:8 it says but you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem and in all judea and samaria and to the ends of the earth and the way that's always been unpacked for me is like is like look around your household you know what needs renewal in your household maybe god's moving in your house or your church or your local community maybe he's moving in your city or your neighborhood like start locally where you think you see a need for renewal or you see god already moving if you don't see god moving there man pray and fast about it and you probably will see god show up um and then you join him there um and then you know it talks about Judea and Samaria, your neighbors, neighboring cities, um, neighboring countries, and then the ends of the earth. It's like, you know, start local, start small, and then, you know, start expanding your scope. And if you don't see God moving, pray and fast. I think that's what Shadonke was talking about. It's kind of like, you know, our church has joined up with many other churches in our city praying for our city. It's like God was moving there. He was already doing something, and we just joined up with that. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, friends prayed and of- fasted. Many, I mean, many of us for the first time for that length of time, and I mean, it was amazing. The whole thing, really, for me. Yeah, that was awaken Nashville, man. Like I remember somebody was saying. It would be a miracle for two or three churches to agree on something. <laughs> you know, like, like just that would be a miracle. Right. We had 450 churches just joining together in this prayer and fast for the city of Nashville. I don't know if this is correct. I just heard there was like like that, like 40,000 people or something praying together. That's what it was. For yeah, our was city, for 40, people 000. on our streets and our neighborhood. Unreal. I just It makes me really, really excited to see, because I know that that was God moving. And I know that we all joined up, and it felt like we were joining up with something bigger that was happening under the surface. I just can't wait to see. And maybe we'll never see in this life. Maybe we'll see afterwards. But like, what what did God do during that time that we were praying for 30 days, you know? Yeah. That's exciting. I actually got to talk to Dave Clayton. He's the leader that kind of sparked that and, and led that initiative. Dave was saying, this is such a cool analogy. He was He was saying, I want it 
to have started like this wildfire of revival in our city. And he goes, and I don't want people to remember Awake in Nashville. Like that's the match that started the wildfire. And I want people, they always remember the fire. They don't remember the match that started it. And I was just like, ah, oh, that's that's such a humble, oh, Dave. humble leader awesome. thing to say. And speaking of that, I mean, that's one of the things Shadonke brought up that I think um, – might need some cultural translation, which is he talks about everybody has a strong man. Did yeah, you catch that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I think, you know, and I've talked to Shadonke about this. I think when he talks about, you know, binding the strong man, I think in our vernacular, that might be like pride, might be ego, could be like another challenge, but it's whatever's Let keeping me think you. think of addiction. The oh, first thing I thought of was the strong man. Like the hurts dick. habit hangups. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's I didn't even think I didn't even go there, but you're right. So yeah, so he's saying anything that's getting in the way of you joining with God, like that's your strong man, you got to find a way to bind that. That mm-hmm. was powerful. Yeah, it was. It's like and I just love the approach of it. Like you know, I have a uh a like a history with this stuff, getting recovery, getting help. And it's like um you can do really great things for yourself. You can be in recovery, you can go to therapy. But it needs to start with prayer and fasting. Like, God is the ultimate one who begins the initial change in any of us, you know? And I just, I loved that approach from him. He's like, we pray and we ask God, bind the strong man before we go in there. That's really, really cool. Yeah, having, you know, God go before you, joining what he's doing instead of asking him to join you in your efforts. There's a whole undercurrent like a heartbeat of humility and 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 humbleness here um in in terms of you know having God bind your strong man joining God in what he's doing um he even talks about you know abiding in God and then you bear fruit and it's not like abiding God then you bear fruit and then oh then you get blessed and things go really good for you no it's abiding God and and you'll bear fruit and that's it God gets the glory because you've reproduced you you have supplemented your spiritual deficiency, to use Shadonke's words. Mm-hmm. And then what about the story about that commander, man? Dude, that's, that's really hard to like listen through. Like Talking about like him, his fingers touching the back of his head. Like, I can't, it's like a contortionist. Like I, yeah. I don't even know how that worked, but it must have been painful. It blows my mind to hear the story. It's just so foreign. And you know then, what I mean? Having a gun pointed at you and you say, God, I want to I give you a gift. I want to save this guy's soul. It's a lot of courage. It brings to mind what Shadonke says about the most unlikely can accept Jesus um, if you just abide in him. You know, I think everybody listening to this probably can very quickly get in their mind um, somebody in their circles, at work, uh, maybe in their family, that they would love to see accept Jesus. And they're like, man, they are so far away. That is the most unlikely, just like that commander. That's the most unlikely person, but I would love to see them accept Jesus. It's like, I mean, Shadanke says all the time, God is an impossibility specialist. I love that. Yeah, that's a great Shadanke soundbite, the impossibility specialist. Well, let's close this talking to the impossibility specialist himself. Uh, I think it's uh, only right that we end an episode on prayer and fasting with a prayer. So, uh, listeners, uh, do not close your eyes and bow your heads if you're in the car. (laughs) Otherwise, join with me on this. God, we thank you so much for great men of your word, like Shadonke. Thank you for the message he brought 
Thank you for the message you brought through him. Um, And thank you for being an impossibility specialist. Lord, I pray for each person that was brought to mind, those that are unlikely to come to you, but that we love so much and would love to see you know them and for them to know you because that's the greatest reality in this universe. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your son. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll talk to you next time.